Today we talk about lots of stuff. <laughs> this show is for everyone working at the coalface. Digital, business, marketing, social. This is At The Coalface with your host, Jason Greenwood. everybody, I'm Jason Greenwood. Welcome to episode 29 of At The Coalface. Nearly at episode 30, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, I have lots of stuff to talk about t today, so lots of exciting stuff happening in our industry. So I wanna take a moment to, I guess, uh, reflect on the fact that we do work in a very fast-paced space. You know, anything business, anything marketing, anything digital, social related, uh, is, is just an exciting place to be. Um, there's never a dull moment. There's always stuff happening every single day. There's stuff hitting the news. There's events happening. There's conferences happening. There are meet meetups happening. There's lots and lots of stuff happening. And so that's one of the reasons why I love doing what I do because there's never a dull moment. There's always something new to learn. There's always something new to share. And uh, it's just, I, I work with a great group of colleagues, both internally in the business and in the wider industry. It's just, it's just a fantastic place to be. So if you're lucky enough to work in this space, then I salute you because it is a, it is a fantastic place to be um, versus a lot of other industries that are pretty stagnant and stale. So uh, lots of stuff to talk about today, the first uh, being yeah, online retailer. So uh, I've now been back from online retailer for almost two weeks now and uh, online retailer in Sydney was absolutely amazing. And there were a lot of uh, good opportunities to catch up with a lot of industry colleagues that I haven't seen in a long time since the agency days uh, of Exceed. And uh, so now it was a great opportunity to, to catch up with people in one place at, at one time and as a collective and have lots of good conversations, uh, see what's happening in their space, see, see what's happening in their life, see what's happening in the technology space. But more importantly, to hear from people in the trenches that are actually doing the work daily. So the way online retailer is broken out, if you haven't been there before, there's effectively two large pavilions in the Hall of Industries in Sydney and uh, two large pavilions connected by a walkway. One pavilion has all of the vendors in it. Uh, there was, a, I think it was around 100 vendors there this year, so there was a lot of vendors. And then uh, once you go through the walkway, you go into the other pavilion, which is where all of the, the talks and speeches and keynotes are taking place. And they had four rooms separated out by color. So they, they had a, a red, a blue, a green, and a black room. And in the black room, which was the largest room, they had all of the keynotes that were being um, spoken to primarily by international speakers from all around the world and from the, some of the world's largest brands. So the likes of GoPro were there. Uh, was an American representative from GoPro. Uh, he was either their brand manager or maybe their digital manager, I can't remember. There was uh, one of the first key keynotes we saw was from Sur, Sur La Table. So S-U-R-L-A-T-A-B-L-E, so looks like Sur La Table. Uh, and they are a upmarket American uh, online retailer of kitchen and cooking goods and equipment. And uh, they're doing some really exciting things over there. So definitely check out their website. They talked a lot about digital innovation and things that they had custom built into their site to do things that would engage with their customer base uh, and allow their customer base to provide user-generated content. They, uh, they have a section of their website, for example, called Cart Talk, which basically as soon as a transaction completes on the website, 
customers have the ability to select a, from a drop down of what their primary uh, motivation in buying the products that they bought was and then they also have a free form field where they can put in almost like a, a review or a comment uh, or a testimonial about what their experience was like and, and t telling, talking a little bit more about their purchase effectively. So then they, then they put that on a special uh, place on the website called Cart Talk, almost like a ticker. And so as those Cart Talks are coming in, they just get added to the, uh, added to the stream of, of, of information that's presented on the website. So it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty interesting uh, innovation that they've, uh, you know, to have that discussion going on on their website, really exciting. Um, there's, there was a whole bunch of other things. There's about four or five other quite interesting innovations that they talked about. And uh, so it's my hope, uh, as I understand it, that those of us who paid to attend uh, will get access because they video recorded all of the sessions because they had multiple sessions and multiple streams running at the same time. So it was impossible to go and see every single session. Um, now, I went with my friend Tony Hugh. Uh, he had never been to online retailer before. He said this is the best conference he's ever been to. Uh, I'd like to think that that was maybe in some small part because I, I knew so many of the vendors and so many of the attendees and delegates that were there. It was a great opportunity for Tony to really get more immersed into some good, deep conversations with a lot of the vendors. And I was able to introduce him to a lot of people that I knew and, and really just have a great time. Uh, went to the Bronto uh, hosted dinner on the Wednesday night. Once again, another great opportunity to catch up with people that I haven't talked to in a very long time and to see basically what the state of the industry is, making sure that I'm staying current, making sure that I'm staying cutting edge with what's really happening out there in the digital space and seeing what's happening globally as well to make sure that, that we're staying on top of trends and uh, not so much the fads because I don't think we're a fad following company, but I, I do think that, that once a trend starts to set in, it's really, really important to be a pretty fast follower behind that. Make sure, you're, make sure you are bringing that expected site experience, the expected engagement experience full stop to your customers. So keeping a, keeping a finger on the pulse of global trends is, is actually really important. It's something I try to stay up with. And, and you know, I, I had someone ask me the other day, you know, how do you keep up with, with what's going on? Well, I live it. I work it every single day. And then uh, another source is also LinkedIn. I have a lot of connections in this space, in the digital e-commerce space. Uh, supporting commerce technology space. I have a lot of connections in this space and as a result of that, I see a lot of their commentary, I see a lot of the articles that they post uh, and oftentimes because they may be brand managers or they may work uh, on the vendor side, technology vendor side, uh, they often post stuff that's, that's basically hot off the press as soon as it happens. And that leads into two pieces of news that's happened since our last video. And uh, they're the pretty important pieces of news in our space, so, so I'll get right into it. First is the acquisition of NetSuite by Oracle. Uh, you know, it didn't really surprise me. I think it surprised a lot of people in the industry, but it certainly didn't surprise me. Larry Ellison, obviously being the, the founder and former CEO of Oracle and certainly uh, chairman of the board, I think is what his role is now. But uh, in any case, you know, he was a co-founder of NetSuite, had a large 40 plus percent stake in NetSuite already anyway. Obviously wasn't happy uh, playing second fiddle to some other owners in the business and wanted to, to own it lock, stock and bar. And also Oracle had a very, very big vested interest in, in picking up NetSuite and they paid a pretty hefty premium for it. Uh, it, was, it was a significant premium over their closing share price before they made the purchase or announced the purchase. And uh, it was over $9 billion with a B. Yes, you heard that right, $9 billion that they paid for NetSuite. So, so certainly, you know, there's a lot of pundits in the industry that said, look, they've overpaid, but you know, at the end of the day, 
when you're trying to expand your cloud revenues as aggressively as, as Oracle is, it pretty much comes down to mergers and acquisitions. There is really no other way to acquire large chunks of cloud revenue, circa a billion dollars a year in cloud revenue they're gonna acquire through the NetSuite deal. Uh, Oracle is out there talking the talk around cloud, but you know, in terms of walking the walk, it's been hard for them because they've historically been a, an on-premise company along the lines of SAP and some of the other major ERP stack players that are self-hosted. So they really have had no choice. They had a large cash uh, cache, and so they, uh, they had the money to spend, and they went ahead and spent it, and it will add to their credibility as a, as a major cloud force to be reckoned with in the ERP, CRM, and other business application space. It's gonna be really interesting to see what they do with it. Hopefully they'll be able to retain that NetSuite culture uh, of innovation and speed, time to market, and a, a pure cloud model. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens next as a, as a huge, you know, unabashed fan of the NetSuite stack. Uh, you know, I hope they don't uh, sort of tinker with the secret sauce too much. That would be a real shame. That would be a real disappointment. So hopefully they don't, and hopefully they remain as successful as they have been to date. And hopefully it'll simply bring more resources and more markets, uh, available markets, particularly in that upper enterprise space where Oracle plays. You know, I, I see some potential cannibalization there by NetSuite of that high-end Oracle space. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think Oracle has admitted they see the writing on the wall that the world is going cloud, cloud is eating everything, SaaS is eating everything, and they want to be on that uh, on that C train, as it were. So, you know, smart move by Oracle, you know, interesting to see how it all turn out, very exciting. Other piece of very exciting news is Instagram stories, uh, a la Snapchat. So they certainly have introduced, uh, just announced uh, late, very late yesterday actually, that they're gonna be introducing stories, which looks like it'll be a very similar functionality to Snapchat stories, where there'll be a, a running series of clips effectively that uh, uh, will be turned into a daily 24 hour running story timeline across the top of an account page. Uh, and it will also be showing in your stream. I don't have it available yet. They say they're gonna be rolling it out over the next couple of weeks or whatever. I don't have it yet in, uh, in my Instagram. Um, I don't have stories available in my Instagram account yet or my installation of Instagram. It'll be interesting to see whether it simply is made available through the standard interface or whether it will actually require an upgrade of the Instagram version that you're running before you have access to that new functionality. So really, really interested to see. This is basically a gigantic middle finger aimed squarely at Snapchat. Obviously, Facebook, who owns Instagram, tried to buy Snapchat. Snapchat rebuffed them. And I think this is really a, a, a way of Facebook saying, hey, look, you know, you didn't allow us to acquire you, so we'll just, uh, we'll copy you. If you can't, if we can't beat you, we'll join you, and hopefully we'll try to outdo you. So definitely some new innovation coming to the Instagram platform. You know, Instagram and Facebook, definitely that dynamic duo of innovation. They keep, keep shaking up the market. They keep bringing new things to market. Facebook Live has been an absolute game changer. Uh, you know, for example, myself and many other uh, vloggers and, and bloggers and everything else in the, in the video space, they, they have seen the audience that is there to be had uh, in Facebook Live. And, you know, it's a bigger audience and a, and, a, and a more consumptive audience in many respects than YouTube, where there's a high noise to signal ratio now on YouTube. There's just so much content flooding YouTube and so much of it is absolute crap. Uh, and, and Facebook Live, it's, it's not quite to that threshold yet. And so it's, a, it's kind of a, a new uh, methodology of reaching an audience with an organic level of reach that, that up to now with Facebook posts just, just has, has not been possible. You know, circa 
less than 2% organic reach with a standard Facebook post with uh, Facebook live video significantly higher than that and then obviously if you promote and post uh, boost your post then you can reach almost an unlimited audience so very exciting things in the social space uh, obviously snapchat memories is 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 making huge waves uh, so it's 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 a fast-moving dynamic space and I think in terms of, of what brands can do you know that that new Instagram functionality is going to expire after 24 hours so it's gonna have the time limit associated with it that snapchat already has and I think they're trying to bring that sense of urgency to Instagram content to consume Instagram content uh, that snapchat already has and they're trying to keep up in that sense so it'd be interesting to see how brands and businesses start to leverage that new functionality within Instagram I think they're gonna see it as a big boon to them because it will once again bring a, a higher sense of urgency to consuming content especially around transactional and promotional content that is time limited so yeah be very interesting to see how this one plays out I'll for one be definitely playing with it as soon as it's released uh, to iPhone and uh, so I'll be interested to talk to you guys about it and see what your thoughts are so lots and lots of things happening in our space just one final thought about uh, going to conferences. Uh, so going back to online retailer, you know, one of the reasons why this was such a great opportunity for me uh, to, to really reconnect with people was because I did know a lot of people. And so Tony's experience was made better by the fact that he was effectively, you know, introduced or escorted along through the event by someone who was pretty well connected, who had been there before, who knew lots of people and could make it a lot more fun and immersive as opposed to going up and talking to a bunch of vendors and watching a lot of stuff that, that really, uh, you know you, you didn't know those people from a bar of soap and so my advice to you if you want to get a lot out of, of conferences because uh, conferences can oftentimes be a little bit anticlimactic uh, and so my my urging to you would be to, to reach out to people that you know might be going that are pretty well connected and know lots of people because it's going to be a lot more interesting for you to interact with those people when you go there uh, as friends or as introduced friends as opposed to simply going walking through as a spectator and trying to take it all in and really not interacting and and not mixing it up with people because really it's the conversations to be had it's the connections to be made it's the fr it's the friends to be made uh, that, that can turn into lifelong vendors partners friends business partners you never know when you can have an opportunity to uh, interact with these people again in future and so trying to form meaningful relationships out of conferences to me is where the value lies and it was really interesting that the, the two tracks that I went to that probably stand out the most to me one was Justin Dry from Vino Mofo telling the Vino Mofo story from Australia very very exciting company I already knew their story because they're pretty well known down in this part of the world but to hear it from one of the co-founders lips was amazing Justin's a great speaker seems like a really great guy as well and uh, to hear how they penetrate new markets and test new markets was, was pretty interesting you know they basically drop a container of goods into a new market uh, a container of wine they effectively have a flash sale uh, on their primary website letting people know in that country and they, they pump it out all through social that they're doing a special wine sale in that particular region of the world in that particular country usually and then if it goes well, uh, and if it goes exceptionally well, they, they of course have to go through the regulatory red tape of making sure that they can legally sell there, etc. But once they do that, if it goes really well, then they establish an actual base of operations there, and then they go into those markets whole hog. So it's a great way for them to 
dip their toes into the waters in a low risk way, low cost way to see if a market has legs before they go into it whole hog fully committed uh, and perhaps with a dedicated site, which they often do for a regional site. Uh, the other one that, that was really good was a guy from Tribe, I forget his name, but his, the, the company, he's uh, based in Australia and uh, their company is called Tribe, which is basically a marketplace, a mobile marketplace for social media influencers. So it allows brands and companies to connect with influencers in a specific vertical or space, provide a brief um, to all of those influencers, and then those influencers can take up that brief, create some sample creative or show some sample creative, and then do a deal effectively through the Tribe platform um, to connect them up and pay a fee, uh, you know, it can range from a couple hundred dollars to obviously thousands of dollars, depending on depending on the influencer. So uh, it's a marketplace for influencers and businesses to be able to connect, uh, so that businesses and brands can connect into that influencer's audience with their product, with their story, in a very creative way. And so that's uh, that works across Instagram. Uh, from memory, I think it works across Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter at this stage. And obviously, they're looking at extending that and expanding that out to other platforms such as Snapchat. So those were probably the two, the two biggies. It was pretty cool, the, the guy from Tribe, he referenced Gary Vaynerchuk, which, uh, who I'm a massive fan of. Uh, Gary V, as he is known, certainly has inspired me to go do what I do in a much more public way and certainly go out there and, and do some public speaking engagements, which I'm looking to do at Magento Live. I'm gonna put a speaking submission there and I'm also gonna possibly try to talk at online retailer next year. So. Certainly, Gary Vee's an inspiration, so to hear someone reference him in relation to their own business and what they're doing and how it prompted them to, to start their business in the first place, very inspiring. So just a couple of the key takeaways from online retailer there, but it, but it was an amazing time and I'd urge you to go. Uh, if you have the opportunity, then definitely go as a delegate or an attendee, even if you don't have a booth there and you're a vendor, just go along, attend, meet, mix, mingle, drink, eat. I didn't get a lot of sleep. I slept, I think, a grand total of about four hours over three days so came back actually pretty sick but man was it well worth it so um, uh, definitely go if you can and I'll look forward to catching up with you there talk to you guys soon